I'm Nina Baxter. And I'm Joe Thompson. And welcome to our podcast, Rich Pickings. Hello, my friend. Hello, and how are you? It feels like a long time, but it's only been a week. It does feel like a long time. And you feel very far away because you are still in beautiful Venice. Yes, as per last time in our last episode, I, I'm i still here. It's it's all going crazy because it's carnival time. And I yes. tell you what, when they do carnival in Venice, they do it big style. I saw I saw your video the other day. I also saw that you were waiting for for about an hour for the start of the carnival with the boats to come past. And in typical Italian fashion, you were all waiting on the roof of your building for approximately an hour before it started. Yeah, correct. <laughs> for an hour. And I'd I'd gaily announce this to, to everyone to follow me live on Instagram at eight o'clock at night. And I went up to the roof terrace, which is by the way, absolutely spectacular. You get a view both ways down the Grand Canal. It's just extraordinary. Amazing. Anyway, so, yeah, so I was there and we waited. We had a glass of Prosecco and then we waited and we had another <laughs> glass of Prosecco. And in the end, I turned I turned the whole live stream thing off and then I turned it on again. And yeah, an hour later, we are on Italian time. And not only are we on Italian time, we're on Venice time. And Venice... Ah. Venice is, Venice is a different country, I would say. (laughs) A law unto itself. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) It's what I really love is the fact that they refer to anybody who comes from the mainland as people who come from terra firma. So that's it. Yeah, it's a busy weekend because all of those from terra firma were over here. And it, (laughs) it, 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 sort of adds to this feeling of sort of otherliness or otherness or whatever it is mystique yeah yeah Yeah. it was very funny but yes eventually this this massive float literally floated by and then we all looked at each other waiting for everything else because it had been advertised in the carnival program which is online it had been advertised as the the parade the opening night parade so there was this one float and then we all looked I was thinking, oh, okay, well, I mean, it was quite a good flow. It did have 50 had drummers on it. There were fire flamethrowers or whatever, which is a bit daring in the middle of Venice. Oh, God. And yeah. um, anyway, all sorts of stuff going on. Oh, and a quartet. Don't really, some, some very cool stuff. But um, that was it. And then when I watched some videos the next day, I, I saw another a, a, a video, something that had been recorded at the time which somebody then posted on Instagram. And you could hear those people saying in Italian, was that it? (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't just me being a sort of, I didn't want to be the sort of the sneering stranger. No. Well, talking about speaking Italian, when I was watching your live stream, when you were waiting for things to happen, it was lovely because I caught snatches of you talking Italian. It's very good. I was very impressed. <laughs> that really tested my Maybe my asking what was going on. <laughs> yeah. But of course that was, you know, I was asking, I might as well just ask myself because nobody knew because nobody ever knows. But yeah. the next day, the next day was really good. So the next day they had one of their watery pageants, the Corteo Aqueo, they call it. And that was mm. that was really good because it had loads of hundred 
boats, which were all kind of stand up rowers. I was going to say stand up paddle boarders, but it's the same sort of premise, I suppose. And had all sorts going on. And that that paraded past for a for a, I don't know, sort of good half hour or so. That kept me entertained as I was hanging out of the window. Very nice. Very nice. I'm very and jealous how, of you being over there. Yeah. Oh, how about you? How was your weekend? Did you um, my weekend anything? and my week was good. We have had some lovely weather, amazingly. We seem to have turned a corner. Although I'm getting people writing to me and saying, Oh, I'm very excited to go out and do my spring tidy up, to which I'm replying no step away from the secateurs because it's too early everybody gets excited by a tiny bit of sunshine and they go out and chop everything down and then as we did today you get a frost so that's not good so so too early too early too early although i have done a bit of winter pruning and when you winter prune my friend Mm. do you what do you prune what do things I prune? do? What well, doesn't escape rose- your secateurs? <laughs> Roses yeah. have been a, are a good thing to winter prune. Anything where you've got a good, where you can see the shape and you want to bring it back into a good shape. You know, we talk about roses having this ideal vase shape so that you've got air passing around it. So it keeps the plant healthy. So rose is very good to do now. Also, I had a, I had a bit of a go at my Acer, um, which has got out of control. Acer's are very difficult to prune because really you want to let them keep their beautiful shape. But this one is, I, I need to keep the size under control. So I'm trying to go right back to the trunk and take out whole branches so that I'm keeping this lovely framework. Um, a, a, a well pre, a well pruned, and I'm talking about Japanese maples here. Mm. A well pruned one is a beautiful thing to behold. Mm. I must say, I'm not sure. I, I'd have to have somebody mark me out of ten for my work, but I was quite pleased. I think you're you're very brave, but also I wonder whether <laughs> pruning is another one of those things that that befuddles people and sometimes we overthink it and I'll tell you a really good one a really good example is the flipping wisteria when for ages when you read about six leaves and three buds and whatever and basically I'd say it's about just not cutting it right back to the stem yeah tidying it well I suppose you tidy it up in the summer don't you but then you take off all the wicky shoots yeah yeah oh listen to us I was about to say we could (laughs) could get boring but it is a gut we are talking about we are talking about gardening but I totally agree with you I think there's all this mystery around pruning and it's the number one thing people say to me that they're worried about doing and I would just say just have a go it's very very hard to kill a plant from pruning it actually especially a rose I went in when I first moved into the house I live in at the moment there were loads of climbing HT roses climbing hybrid tea roses and I I was being a bit of a a snob in a way I suppose because I hadn't (laughs) seen the flowers so anyway so I chopped them right back as you do really went for it I am not going to be having a ht rose in my garden thank you very much <laughs> not at home to 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 mr ht anyway they they were those roses were damned if they were going to die and they mm-hmm. came back the next year 
and they actually have rather fabulous colours and I don't mind them. And in fact, I do rather like them also because they withstood the onslaught of my big chopper. <laughs> well, actually, I think you'll find that very hard pruning of them will reinvigorate them to sort of, to a degree. So, yeah, yeah we, exactly. we chopped, so we had to chop down a beautiful, enormous Banksy rose to nothing. In fact, I have to say we, my uh, one of my landscapers did it. And I really did not think it would come back. But, oh, my goodness, it came back three times as vigorous and flowered its socks off. So there you go. That's what you need to do. Now, what about, I'm just going to hang on to this this pruning and snipping again. The one thing that I know I need to do as soon as I get back, back to Blighty, I've got to get to my ornamental grasses and start yes, 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 chopping yes, those do. back, even though they look terrific now. Well, some of them do. Some of them, frankly, look absolutely rubbish. And you, when you see all those photos of them all looking magnificent, of ornamental grass, swathes of ornamental <laughs> grasses over the hillsides and wherever mm. you are in people's gardens. I sometimes wonder whether they've been photoshopped. I'm sure they haven't. But anyway, mine don't all look like that by February. Some do look good, but you have yeah. to bite the bullet, don't you? You time do. To take them down. You do. Otherwise time gonna time be... to do it because because when that new growth starts to come through, then it's going to be very hard. So, yeah. yeah. Do you realise we're compiling a list of things to do and not things not to do? Well, no, because <laughs> I would say I'm not going to put that off. So I'm not going to put off the ornamental. Okay. And then we're and not I... going to worry about pruning. We're not going to overthink pruning. Yeah. We're not going to be weirded out by wisteria. Yeah. I think that is the key. That's my key anyway. And last time you challenged me, you challenged me to think of my biscuit of the week. So I've been thinking very carefully about this and I have come up with something, but I think you're going to challenge whether it's a biscuit or not. Since you got away with the fratelli last week. Yeah, well, that was seasonal eating. Seasonal eating, yes. But I think as you got away with that, I'm hoping that you'll let me get away with this. So when I was a child, I used to eat what I called favourite cakes. I just referred to them as favourite cakes. And as I got older, I realised that they were, in fact, millionaire shortbread. I knew you would do that. I knew you would do that. That actually me you wouldn't do that. uh, Yeah, I did, didn't I? I'm really sorry, but that that has given me one of those... You know, like you get brain freeze or whatever when you when you have when you eat too much ice cream or eat any ice cream or whatever. It comes as a bit of a surprise. <laughs> I get that when I think about chocolate and toffee, and I'm going to let you talk. It's but not I realize toffee. I'm taking it's a kind of caramel. Now, I don't like toffee, oh. but it's a sort of a soft caramelly, and then you've got the short the crumbliness of the shortbread. And I think when I was a child, I don't remember if Mr. Kipling did this or not, but you used to get them in packs of six. I mean. They were very, very grossly sweet and they had the little swirls of white on them. Um, but they were my favourite cakes, so I called them favourite cakes. And Aww. I know it's, I know I'm saying the word cake and now I'm trying to say it's a biscuit. But I really can't think of anything else that's more biscuity that I like better. I would say that it's a biscuit, although does it stand up to Mark Diacono's mm. test on whether if something is a biscuit or a cake. I can't even remember what it is. Well, I think it was something to do with one goes hard and one goes soft. 
Uh, yes. Yeah. But which it's shortbread, um, which is sort of a biscuit, yeah. isn't yeah. it? It is a biscuit. It is a biscuit. So I will let you have that, even though Good. I even I, though you don't like it. No, because it makes me. It just makes me have that pain <laughs> in the in the bit between my eyebrows because my eyebrows don't join up. There's a there's a gap. See anyway there. Right there. Yes, I can see you're right, pointing the, to it. Yeah, we're on. A, yeah. We're, we are zooming everybody as we're as we're talking, and it's right. Yes, the wonders of our technology these days. Yes, I can yeah. see where you're pointing to be- between your eyes. I don't understand it personally, but but there you go. You challenged oh, me, and well, I I fulfilled my challenge. So now, I just need to tell you something else though, because <laughs> pain, so I've reminded me about when I had the pain like that last was about three days ago when avoiding doing what I should be doing. I was scrolling through all those videos of cats that you send me, which I've actually got now addicted to and think are way better than watching the news or anything like that. Oh, I God, just, yes. I just yes. want to see cats on roller skates, cats on robot hoovers, mm. cats snoring. In fact, you can see my cat. You can see Baxter in the background sitting next to me. I can see him behind there you. Yeah. And then the other thing that I saw by accident was this woman making what she called a cake and it started off I can't even remember that I'm not going to take you through all the ingredients but it started off with these massive marshmallows so she's she got these great big marshmallows and put them in a bowl and then she put something in called fruity gems which looked like jelly beans but I think there was some sort of American cereal mm. and then she's put some butter on top of that then she stuck it in the microwave to melt it then it came back out and then she said then it was all goo it was like sort of bejeweled goo and then she pressed that gooey stuff all around the outside of a bowl and then she put it in the freezer and then she fast forwarded to it so it came out and you have this kind of like so it was like a weird white and jewel I'm gonna have to find the picture now this jeweled white kind of like cake outside then she got cream cheese and icing sugar and something else and pink oh. food coloring oh. and put it in the middle honestly by this stage I was heaving and thought and then I looked at some of the comments which were all things like oh my god I am yeah I am about to go into a sort of sugar coma now it was just so horrible was this like sort of car crash that it's awful but you can't look away yeah it really was yeah. and actually what I find really interesting I've just realized this is I can I can never remember a recipe. I'm not the world's greatest cook, am I? And yet I've remembered all of that from yes. watching it once and being quite traumatised by it. <laughs> That's true. So it just shows you the power of a very of a small TikTok or Instagram video to stick in your head. So the other day I was looking out of my window and I saw what I thought was a chipmunk ha! in my garden. Ha! And <laughs> it it wasn't a chipmunk. Was it a woodchuck? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a woodchuck. It was, in fact, a squirrel with a large white streak down its back. And it kind of made me laugh because it made me think of that cartoon, Pepe Le Pew. Do you remember? He no, was a, Yes, Pepe Le Pew was the skunk. Was he skunk? And so he had a big... He had, well, French, I think. It was a... I can't remember. Hannibal Bearer or, you know... And the joke was that he was sort of in love with his cat, but the cat didn't love him back because he smelt. Anyway, beside the point. I'd love to know if anybody who's listening knows of Pepe. Everybody will remember Pepe Le Pew. Just Google it, you'll find him. Is it Pew? Like Pepe, Pepe? No, no, Pepe Le Pew. P E U. 
and he was kind of French and he oh, had talked. I well, think it was it's called, Pepe Le Peu. It was called Pepe Le Peu. And he <laughs> was always in love with this black cat who didn't return his infections. Anyway, look, back to my squirrel. Back to my weird squirrel that looked like a chipmunk. So I watched this chipmunk running around the garden and I thought, I'm going to call him Dale after Chip and Dale, the chipmunks. Mm -hmm. And he went into the dray in my eucalyptus tree. Now, I know for Mm -hmm. a fact that the previous inhabitant of that dray was a one-eyed squirrel. Oh my now, God, your what, whole life is what? like a cartoon. I know. Well, I want to know what has become of Mr. One-Eyed Squirrel. And isn't it interesting that his house has been taken over by Dale, the chipmunk-like squirrel? I think that there are possibly all sorts of shenanigans going on in your eucalyptus tree. It's yes. like this, this, this is, God, Dale went in and has kidnapped Pepe has, Le Peu, has he ousted Pepe Le Peu? No, has he no. ousted the one-eyed, the one-eyed squirrel? squirrel? How did you get close enough to a squirrel to see that it had one eye? Oh, it was wearing, could, could wearing an eye patch. <laughs> it was quite clear because they come all the way up the fences, and I can see them very clearly from my window. Anyway, one-eyed squirrel has been living in the in the eucalyptus tree for about three years. So um, I fear, I fear for one-eyed squirrel. And all I can say is it's interesting that it's sort of like like humans' houses. So maybe when one squirrel leaves, another one takes over. Do you think they have like little squirrel estate agents? For rent. Right. Yeah. Right move. Yeah. Yeah. Real chip. Chip law. <laughs> Small but perfectly formed dray in eucalyptus tree would suit young single squirrel. <laughs> Beautiful <laughs> outlook. <laughs> but has it got a carport? That's what has they'll want to know. Carport, yes. You've off, reminded off-road me. Parking. You reminded me of something else, another rabbit hole or squirrel squirrel hole that I went down this week, which was Punxsutawney Phil. Groundhog Day. Phil Groundhog. Yeah. Groundhog Day. And <laughs> I hadn't realized because Again, all over social media, okay, everybody was getting a bit woo about Imbolc or apparently you pronounce it Imbolc. Okay. I don't know who, anyway, or whatever. It's a time of year, isn't it? It's a bit, it's a bit between the winter equinox and the summer equinox. I really should know this. Anyway, that. But the same day, so it's round about the beginning of February, the same day as Candlemas okay. and also the same day is Groundhog Day. So <laughs> I I then started to do a little bit of research about Groundhog Day and up came this video of Punxsutawney Phil, the, the groundhog, which is a, apparently a woodchuck. I don't know what any of them are, but they're sort of fat, furry things with yeah, quite short yeah, legs. Yeah. Like like massive squirrels, I suppose. Well, or massive chipmunks. Yes. That yeah, kind of sort thing. Of like, yeah. Mm. Anyway. And they... That this is a real thing. Now, I still don't, I can't establish whether this actually, this existed, whether Groundhog Day as a concept existed before the brilliant film of Groundhog Day. Um, Must have done, surely. I don't know. But basically, they knock on the the groundhog's 
trunk that he lives in. They knock knock on his door. And just to explain, this is in the US, obviously. This is in the US. Yeah. In a place called Gobbler's Knob. I'm I'm saying nothing. I'm saying nothing. (laughs) And so that's got to be, you know, is that real? Is there such a place as Gobbler's Knob? Anyway. And then, so all these, and I noticed it was all men just saying they 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 all stand up on a stage with with their 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 sort of top hats and they they're looking very kind of like um i don't know 19th century americans if that's what they look i don't know what yes. 19th century americans but like that and then they they knock on this tree stump and they declare some words the punks at all phil comes out looking a bit fed up that they've been banging on his house with a stick and then <laughs> it's some this he has to declare punks tawny phil the woodchuck 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 groundhog groundhog um <laughs> so complicated he has to declare whether or not he can see his own shadow and if he can see his own shadow either means spring's going to be early or late oh, i can't remember and but how does he declare I, this though i don't know how they do it because they read out a little thing that is Phil's declaration. And I want to know how they know that. How did he tell them that? I This needs further research, surely. If there's anyone oh. listening in America, in Punk's Attorney or in Gobbler's Knob specifically, please get in touch with us and tell us how this works. Is it a bit like that octopus the other year? There was an octopus, wasn't there, that used to predict the results of football games? Yes. It's that. Probably. Well, yeah. I think he was quite good, wasn't he, the octopus? He he was quite good. I don't know if he's still alive. They're um, very clever. Oct- very clever. Oct- Oct- Octopi. Well, mm, oh. a, Gre- a Greek <laughs> scholar once told me. <laughs> a Greek scholar once told me that actually, if you are speaking absolutely correctly and getting your plural plurals right, it should be octopodes. Oh, I love that. But I don't know. Octopodes? That's an amazing word. I mean, the thing is, I don't want to say it because I might sound a bit like the end of of where Punxsutawney Phil lives. But, you know, it's, it's, isn't it fab? It is. That's a great word. I'd like to use that word. In fact, the other day I was um, quite excited to use a word. I often do this. So if I'm with clients... I make sure I throw around a few scientific names and a few words that will will um, show my knowledge. And and I use the word flocculate. You you remember the word? You remember the word flocculate, don't you? Basically, it just means using something to break up your clay. If you've got a clay soil. Clay kind of hangs on to water so because it's could electrically you charged. Say, I honestly have remained without words for a little bit on that one. You yes, could, which could is you, not often. Could you say I saw two people fighting and I went and flocculated the? Well, argument. I don't know. No, I don't think you can say that. I, I mean, I no. well, I don't know. I mean, maybe we could start using it in other ways. But you use it with reference to clay particles. So, so it's quite flocculate. specific. It's, 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 I think it's quite specific. It's quite specific. But, I mean, I could be wrong. There could be other uses. Maybe we should we should uh, investigate further. It's it a good sounds, word, though, isn't it? Flocculate. It, it does sound 
it does sound like a cocktail that Mark Diacono should have in his <laughs> does, duck spice, like Tascalate or whatever. Yes, was that exactly. Actual, was that an actual... Ver- no, it was a cocktail, wasn't it? Tascalate, oh, yes, it was. But it, basically, flocculation just means... Stop saying breaking it! Up your, breaking up your clay soil with something like grit or you know, organic matter so that the soil is more breathable and porous and so on. Which leads me to which leads me to tell you more about worms. I was just <laughs> on the tip of my tongue, on the absolute <laughs> tip of my tongue there. As you said, oh. soil, as I was going to say worms. I we are worms. serendipitously linked. Coordinatedly linked. We are or something, we are. aren't we? Because aren't worms amazing? I love worms. Ugh. Would you pick no, one up no. with your hand? They've got a funny yes, smell. Of course, I would. Yes, don't you absolutely. find they've got? A, I mean, I love. I mean, I don't love them like you love. Them. I don't want to marry them, but I think they're really good. Strangely <laughs> enough, I don't want to marry them either. But, but they are very, they, very, very good. Did you know? Here's a worm fact. Should we exchange worm facts? Okay, I've got a worm fact. Yeah, I'm. I'm thinking yours will be more factual. Did than what you I'm know? <laughs> did you know that one worm? can eat 90 grams of organic matter during one season. And then, of course, it sort of poops it out. And that worm cast, worm poop, is mm. so good for the soil. It releases nutrients for the plants. But 90 grams, I was trying to think, how much does a worm weigh? How much does a worm weigh? Well, it's got to be about a gram. I mean, there's not going to be a lot, is it? So that's sort of 90 times its own body weight in a season. So if somebody, yeah. So if you weigh, it's a lot, isn't it? In a season. So mm. does it do only one worm cast a season? Does it have like constipation? No, no. It continues to push oh, out worm casts. I'm just saying that obviously there are times when worms are not active when the temperature is low. So mm. during the time that worms are active, that's kind of what it gets through. So if you were, so if you base it on a sort of average person, so say nine stone talking about ladies or whatever 10 stone let's do 10 stone to be easy maths so 90 90 times 10, 10. that's 900 900 stones that's like almost a ton so that's like that's us more than a, a ton isn't it i don't know that but anyway it's a lot <laughs> that's a lot. Like 900 stone of poo god they are quite good when i said They're i don't I, sort of went, I mean i do think worms are absolutely brilliant i just don't yeah I well, just do you don't remember like this when you were at school did you do the experiment where you sort yes. of marked out a square and then and then you poured you on so sort formaldehyde of a or something well no, not formaldehyde know. begins with thought what's the thing that you spray on it definitely oh, not formaldehyde no definitely formalin not formalin. Formalin. formalin formalin apparently which i think which i think has something to do with ants but that's a it whole does thing. well because formic acid comes from ants doesn't it yes so it might do it might do all I know is that I remember at the time asking the teacher if this was going to hurt the worms and the teacher said no it only tickles them now is that true or is it something that's cruel I don't do anymore I remember doing that exact that exact experiment so what yes you took out a grid you marked it out and then you water canned over your your formalin and then the worms all came up and if they'd have had hands they would have had their hands on the hips going, what the blast are you doing? <laughs> exactly. Because they then we had to up. count them, didn't we? 
Yeah, we had to I count think... them to see how healthy the soil yeah, was. I would I would say that tickling was probably just a that was a case of your teacher just trying to make it more yeah. um acceptable, more acceptable than, yeah. than it actually I mean this was. was probably the 70s, early 80s. So, you know, things were mm. not, not so not Can so. Can anybody well tell us? Yeah. Nobody tells us. Do, does it still formula. happen? Do children still do this at school? I don't know. Don't know. So I've been having some rather nice little um, either short lunch breaks, very short, or longer like post work little breaks just to treat myself here. I might go by myself nice. or or meet friends to go to little um, little osteria, which are little mm. t- which, which are small little. They're not as smart as ristoranti, so you have a kind of grading of restaurants in 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 Italy and. Um, or is it the other way around? I can't even remember. And certainly, oh no, it's the trattoria is the most casual. Oh God, I can't remember. I don't even know why I'm telling you any of this when I should really go and check my facts first. Anyway, I went to one of them and it was a really good, um, oh, I can't speak anymore. Why can't I speak? I think I've gone, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people who said, oh, I'm sorry, I've forgotten all my English. Oh, it's so oh, long in one place. I've forgotten all Italian my words. For so I've long. All my words. Anyway, <laughs> the selection. The word I wanted was selection, which is almost exactly the same in Italian. So that's no excuse. And uh, anyway, so in the selection of little nibbles they have, which are called cicchetti, mm. they had these fabulous, like massive prawns and a, and um, uh, scallops in their shells, all sorts, of, and then smaller scallops, which are called. Capesante, which which um I don't know what they are in English. Anyway, they were delicious. But anyway, when you order those, you get you get it sort of given to you on a, a on a tray in this place. And then the guy, so he served them up, and then he went over to a cauldron at the back of the kitchen. I said, "What's he doing?" Because everything was on display. And then he put his ladle into this cauldron and then slopped some slop onto the plate. <laughs> oh, um, and it was polenta now okay when i've had polenta i've always had it kind of like grilled i suppose mm. like you do you slice it's kind it, of it, firm isn't it usually. it's like a sort of cornmeal yeah. so polenta yes. is a sort of yeah. cornmeal yeah. you can make nice cakes out of it mm. or whatever assuming firm anyway apparently without again sounding like um i'm being dismissive of of things that i don't understand or i'm not used or accustomed to I was quite surprised by this sort of slop and I tasted it and the thing was it was absolutely delicious hot but then as soon as it got cold it was pretty gross um and I was wondering if there's anything else that is absolutely delicious hot but completely changes its flavor when it's cold or are you going to say most oh. things? I'm looking at Nina's face and she is looking at me like I have gone completely and utterly bonkers because there is, is there any answer? Yeah, I suppose <laughs> you're going to say everything, aren't <laughs> you? Know. But you see, I say most things. So, for example, not, roast potatoes yeah. are brilliant hot, great cold, but it's not the end yeah. of the world. Yeah. Um, pizza. Is... I can eat cold oh, pizza. Oh, yeah. I'm you quite can happy eat with cold, cold pizza. pizza. Yeah, I can. Ooh. I'm quite happy with cold pizza. But it tastes different. It definitely tastes tastes cold, but it's still nice. Day old, you know, the day after. Have you never gone into, so in France, for lunch, you can get pieces of pizza. Mm. They don't always heat them up. Mm. Quite nice. 
Yeah, I, I would say it's... curry. What about that? I wouldn't want to eat cold curry. Is cold curry still hot? If you know what I mean. <laughs> Chilly hot, you mean? Yeah. Well, probably. That's a thought. Oh, goodness, that's weird. I wouldn't want oh, to try, a... though. I wouldn't want to eat because it would congeal and everything. Okay, that's another question for listeners. Oh, we're keeping you busy this week, aren't we? We are. Is cold curry still hot? It must be because it's chilly. If it's got chilli in it, then it will still be hot. But chilli hot, not hot, hot. So this polenta slop then, because I'm quite curious about this. Um, it was I really, really it tasted had better. firm polenta. Or, or fr- you, know, you get them fried like chips. That's quite nice. <laughs> yeah although I remember you've reminded me I t- took my children to um to a restaurant when they were they were little and I'm trying to fob them off with polenta chips and I've got a fantastic photo I'm gonna have to put this up somewhere and um of them both looking absolutely disappointed as they took their first bite into what I'd I'd passed off as a chip they 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 knew full well uh... it wasn't your good old potato I mean I suppose it's a bit like oven <laughs> chips isn't it although oven yeah. chips have got better Oh, much better, especially the sort of fresh ones. You know, you can buy fresh ones, not frozen. And they only last for about sort of five or six days. But they're yeah, basically, oh. yeah, they're okay. quite nice, though. But I suppose you've got the, you haven't then got the handiness. Oh, I've seen some brilliant ones. Oh, well, you here. have, because you still just okay. on a tray. You just, you just don't go into the freezer to get them. No, you, I've seen some brilliant ones here that have got, they're scooped. Out. So if you imagine a, you know, Ooh, one of those I know things, what you mean. That, yeah, like a melon, not a melon corer, you know, the thing, apple corer, melon yes. that. <laughs> uh, that apple corer, I've forgotten all my words, um, an <laughs> apple corer, and I'm actually now, oh God, this is podcast gold, isn't it? I'm doing an action of yeah. using you're apple sort corer. Of, I've never, you're I'm sort of really punching down. Yes, yeah. that's what yeah. I'm doing. And so it's, it's, gone like that but not so that you've got a cylinder of potato no i know it's like a curl out of the middle it's really good i've had those they're really good i've had those in france good for dips oh maybe very very good maybe only get it on the continent on the continent Uh, is there anywhere in the uk that does these kind of chips i wonder let us know let us know let us know so who this week what we haven't talked about yet is who we should be more this week. Simon Le Bon. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, we should. So, so we I, should be more Simon Le Bon. Yes, because, because I saw a photo of him this week looking really smiley with someone. And I just thought, oh, you're still really nice, Simon Le Bon. And actually, you you know what? Well, yeah, if you if you hadn't have married um Yasmin, Yasmin, beautiful yes. man. I knew you. Were, I knew he was good. You know, I knew he'd have married me. So anyway, but mind you, I did think George Michael would marry me as well. So yeah, my my yeah. my yeah. Anyway, um, but I think we should because you know what? He's still. I'm not saying he's old, but he's still going for it. Who would have thought when I saw first saw them perform at Pool Art Centre? I then saw them. The last time I saw them was at. Brighton in Brighton so I'm also doing a sort of south coast thing anyway who'd have thought he'd still be going or they'd all yeah. still be going I'll accept it I'll accept Simon Le Bon well just for really just going for it mm, in the yeah. face of adversity well I don't yeah, know what adversity yeah. he's had but anyway well quite but but I think reinvention carrying on just carrying on carrying on regardless 
carry and... <laughs> on regardless, which I'm yes. sure is a song, not one they've sung, but anyway. Or a film. <laughs> that's a whole nother subject oh i'm so glad you'll let me have simon lebon because i feel yeah. he needed a, a whole section dedicated to him so he can have this one and i may even this. find a nice photo to post of him i'll find a photo uh to post of him in what i would say was their heyday so this is pre-wild boys pre when yeah. they got all sort of leather jackety ooh, and more i want to go back to the sort of headbands and nice oh sort of, yeah New romantic safari suits. Yeah, <laughs> I get that. <laughs> well, I don't think they were new romantics or safari suits, but you know what I mean. I'll find. Yeah, it was something. But mm, I have a specific photo of him in mind, which may take me some time to trawl through the internet and find that specific one. But I'll do it anyway. Thank you very much for that. And yeah, well, that's okay. I, next I week. That. Next week, it'll be your turn. Although if anyone wants to write in with their suggestions, I say it again, write in, write in. Write in. Your suggestions. That's that's after you finish taping your programme. Yes. Write in with your suggestions for who we should be more. So what are our rich pickings of this week then? What would you choose? I think, I think, I think Punk's a tawny fill. I think, I don't know. I think he's one of my rich pickings for sure from this week. Um, mine is the concept that there are squirrel estate agents and that a worm poos 90% of its 90 grams. No, no, 90 90 times its, not percent, times. Yes. Yeah. So that multiplication as opposed to division. Yes. Uh, Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take that one because that that is a big. That's a very rich picking. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then please do go back. If you haven't listened to all the others that we've done so far and have a listen. And and please, 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 can you rate it or review it or both on the platform, whichever platform you're listening to it on, please do stick a rating and a review because that's what helps it keep carrying along. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye.